are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is your first listen of the day. I appreciate you all for making it that. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. Today's a a special episode. We're in the bye week for Louisville football, so I don't necessarily want to start previewing Boston College until next Monday. So we're going to you know, flip the script, start focusing on basketball a little bit, talking former cards in the NBA this season is under a week away from starting. I have my friend Shane Young with me on the show today. Shane is a writer for Forbes.com and, uh, you know, a, a, form, a former, I can't even say, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, a co, you know, alumni of the University of Louisville. So Shane, you know, disregard my, you know, bobbling of the words, but how's it going, man? It's going great, Dalton. I can't complain. Uh, thanks for having me on. First of all, it's been, you yeah. know, I think we've tried to, we've tried to get something in the works in this for quite a while and, and, you know, finally getting to it now. Uh, I think people would be appalled at the time that we're recording this, but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah. The recordings usually are, are a little late, but um, you know, Shane, for those who are not uh, aware of who I am has a great following on Twitter. Like I mentioned, writes for Forbes.com with a specific focus on the Los Angeles Clippers, but yep. you know, you're going to love his overall basketball knowledge for Shane today. I want to talk about three former cards that are in the NBA specifically. I want to talk, you know, first about Donovan Mitchell and what it was like to cover that jazz Clippers series last season and what kind of went wrong with Utah. He has a hot take for that. Utah is going to come out of the West this season. I'll let him give his rationale in that first segment. We'll transition into Terry Rozier signing a big contract extension with the Charlotte Hornets. We'll discuss whether or not we like that move for the Charlotte Hornets and focusing on what to expect from him going throughout his career. And then we'll wrap it up talking about former Clipper Montrez Harrell got traded to the Washington Wizards from the Lakers in the deal with Russell Westbrook involved. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk everything about what to expect from Harold in this season. Uh, but before we get into the content of today's show, for those who are not aware of who I am, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst, and also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, baseball, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into this Thursday edition of the show. I'm once again, I'm here with Forbes.com writer Shane Young, and we're talking about the former cards in the NBA, starting with Donovan Mitchell. He actually covered this series uh, for Forbes.com, you know, like I mentioned, uh, um, you know, focus with the Los Angeles Clippers. And Shane, you know, it was definitely a, a tale of two cities type of vibe <laughs> with this series. The Jazz start out 2 0, look like they're going to run the Clippers out of the series. And LA rips off four straight and, you know, Donovan Mitchell had been dealing with, you know, with an injury, albeit it was minor. He was playing on it, but I mean, at the end of the day, it definitely looked like, you know, the Clippers had the jazz figured out in your opinion, you know, what exactly went wrong for Utah in that series? Man, I feel like there were so much that, that was on the table for, you know, I, I think Utah had it in the bag for the most part, because, you know, Kawhi went down in game four, 
it's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there talking about that. But um, I think, you know, the first two games, you kind of you kind of nailed it right there. Like Utah had their number. It was a it was a just a shootout that I can't even remember anything seen anything like that in the NBA because although, you know, we're in the era of a lot of threes, a lot of pull up threes, you know, threes off the dribble and the pick and roll. Um, I think Utah leaned in heavily to, you know, we're, we're just going to pull up in transition. It doesn't matter what the case is. Like, you know, the threes are going to be our type of game. If you're Jordan if you're Clarkson. Utah. Exactly. And, you know, Clarkson, Clarkson had his moments in the first couple of games of that series as well. But, you know, Utah was up 2-0 primarily because, you know, that's just my opinion, but I think – that seven game series with the Mavericks, I think it wore the Clippers down to such a degree. They didn't even have any preparation time. I remember Ty Lue pretty much telling us after game seven, like at what point am I going to be able to look, look at the film on the jazz? <laughs> because the series starts in 48 hours. It was right. literally like two days right after that. So, uh, you know, the Clippers kind of started from behind. It is what it is. But I think, you know, I think um, when it comes to, Utah kind of having a meltdown there. Primarily, you can look at the rigid and inflexible, I guess, rotation and personnel that Quinn Snyder had at his disposal. And, you know, Rudy Gobert, every, every, it seems like every writer has a strong opinion about Gobert, whether it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, and, and I mean this in such a, such a good way because it, it's like a, he's like a polarizing figure. It's kind of like a, Kind of like a Russell Westbrook type thing, but it depends you know, on what kinda, you value in a basketball. Exactly, player. It, precisely. I think you know you have some people that are saying that Gobert is the best defensive player of the last thirty years. That might be a stretch. Um, you have some people that say he is worthless, should not be making uh, not only his money that he's making now forty plus million a year, but shouldn't even be making twenty million a year because he's so. You know, he, he you can't move him around. He's he's not really flexible in his position. He's a liability at times. I mean, we saw that yeah, in that series, especially offensively. I mean, it's it, it, it was wild to see, you know, yeah. how neutral. You know, we saw Golden State do the same with Clint Capella in 2019. And, man, it seemed like this was even a worse phenomenon with Rudy Gobert because he was unplayable. Yeah, you're not wrong. And, and you know, part of it comes down to they did not have a – another weapon to kind of throw out there. He had to be on the floor. If it wasn't him, it was going to be Derek Favors, who was just getting absolutely tormented by Kawhi. Uh, you know, Kawhi and PG attacking him in the paint. And I know Kawhi threw a monster slam on him in game four before getting injured. Um, but, you know, all that to say, you know, when the Clippers went to their small ball lineups with Marcus Morris at the five or Nick Batum at the five, they kind of just stretched out Rudy Gobert they kind of forced everyone on Utah to have to defend their man and not get blown by. And as you mentioned, you know, Jordan Clarkson, we know, you know, as well as I do, like defensively, probably the worst player on the team defensively. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't playing into Rudy Gobert's favor that his guards were getting blown by off the dribble and he had to either rotate at the rim while also staring at Terrence Mann that's in the corner wide open. And that's what happened in game six. I know you watched that game as well. You know, oh, yeah. Utah Utah was up 25 points in the third quarter. I'll never forget Dalton. Like this, you know, you and I both go to games, you know, throughout <laughs> throughout seasons and, you know, whether it's college or NBA. I'll never forget this moment. Donovan Mitchell, who we're going to get into, pulls up from like 
the logo. You know, it, it was like 28, it was like 32, 33 feet. Just pulls up and splashes one home. Utah goes up 25, and it's like 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Even though it's a lot of game left, you're thinking, man, like the, there's no way. Like the Clippers are done. It's going to game seven. They man, came back. <laughs> the and... feeling in that building with every Terrence Mann three, every Patrick Beverly three, PG step back. <laughs> I mean, Rockets 20, 2015 <laughs> against the Clippers. But I mean, I, that that's kind of why I was very, you know, you, you told me at dinner one night, you said, look, you know, my hot take is the Jazz make the finals this year. Yeah. It's crazy because it doesn't seem like there's that much of a roster turnover. Mm-hmm. What what changes in your opinion that you know you know you know propels them to you know the next level? Is is it you know individual development? Is it you know more yeah. you know cohesiveness? I mean, how how did the Jazz get from you know this heartbreaking series loss to now you know taking down the you know net in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think it's a good question. It's a good point that, you know, they do have a lot of continuity that's coming back. You know, they, they not a lot of roster turnover. Uh, I think I calculated it's 86.6% of their minutes that they're bringing back from the top 10 uh, rotation players. That's, you know, if, if you bring back, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent in, in continuity. I think if you bring back your guys, you're giving yourself a better chance in the first place just because you have better chemistry. I think we've seen that throughout the last you know decades that we've been watching basketball um you don't want a lot of turnover but at the same time you do bring in some of those small ball options that i was talking about that they didn't have right like i mean because last year if it if, well, if they wanted to play a lot too so yeah we should have mentioned that like conley only played in the in the final game of that series because he had uh, major hamstring issues i know he had a setback that you know he was supposed to come back after game two of that series and play in game three but just had a setback so you you do worry that that's going to be an issue considering he's into his 30s now um but you know i think bringing back i think bringing in rudy gay bringing in eric pascal you know, Donovan Mitchell's childhood friend. They grew up together in New York. Right. Um, it, that's a fascinating angle. It's it's like, you know, I, I feel like maybe Donovan might have told management or Dwayne Wade oh, or, yeah. you know, Definitely uh, so. to, to go did. get I, my guy. <laughs> I would almost assume that that's the case. Um, so I, I think you give yourself optionality at, at the five. You don't always have to play Rudy for 40-plus minutes just to have a chance in the playoffs. And, uh, I, you know, I think another I think another kind of – component and I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this as well considering this isn't normally a dynamic in college sports because you know players leave players don't always stay three or four years but I, i'm curious what you know because you are a houston guy houston rockets guy so mm-hmm. you have kind of been through what i'm about to say here and i'm kind of curious if a team is knocking on the door for so many years getting their heart broken but figuring out little things around the margins, around the edges to kind of clean up here and there. I feel like Utah has, and maybe you disagree, I feel like Utah has gotten a little bit better each and every year. And last year, being up 2-0, seeing the Western Conference Finals in their mirror, like like looking at the mirror and seeing it right there, and it just slipped out of their hands at the last second. Um, I, I do think, you know, you, you bottle all of that up, and you you come back with a strong vengeance, and and I think they're going to avenge that loss. I think that they're going to have, uh, you know, you can you can kind of call it a 2013-14 Spurs year where they are so angry about what happened to them, you know, so angry that they let go of the rope like that. That Donovan Mitchell 
going to take the leap into what maybe a top 12 to 15 guy somewhere around there. Um, depends on who you have there. I think Gobert will be a little bit better. He'll start abusing mismatches uh, at least to a, to some degree because he never did. He's never been like an offensive guy, but I think that is the next step for him as well. I, I like that you mentioned, you know, the Rockets. First of all, I always love to talk about the Rockets. But, um, you know, it was such a, a solid era in Rockets basketball that, you know, that, you know, looking into, you know, up until about 2018, you know, this was a team that consistently, you know, struggled to get over the hump. And ultimately they never did, but they had to be victim to the Golden State Warriors and that, that great run that they had. But, yeah, I mean, you can't overlook playoff experience. Because, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's all about your stars, you know, getting better. And you see what works. You see what doesn't in the postseason. You can kind of make the, you know, a, adjustments on in terms of your roster before the league just do, does this huge shift once again, mm-hmm. which it seems like it does, you know, every 10 to 15 years. Um, so, you know, I, I like that you mentioned that there there's definitely the opportunity, you know, for the Jazz and, and getting you know, they, they had, they have the taste of playoffs and now they're looking to push forward. Uh, you know, I want to focus on another guy now who I, I think this is a team that's going to be competing for the playoffs. Most definitely um, would have done last year. Uh, if truly, if LaMelo ball doesn't get hurt, Terry Rozier signing a big contract extension with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, before we get into that, I want to talk about our friends down at Sweatblock. Sweatblock sent me a care package about a month ago with some anti-perspirant products like deodorant stick and, um, you know, cleansing wipes and stuff like that. And, you know, Shane and I actually play basketball once a week and I've been using, you know, that, that deodorant stick and it has done wonders in terms of results. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. And there's a dry shirt guarantee. So if Sweatwalk doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And it's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, currently number one in the company's antiperspirant category, manufactured right here in the United States. So you're able to wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence, and it's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, anyone can benefit. And I know what you're saying, Dalton. It literally sounds, you know, cliche, sounds too good to be true. But since I've been using sweat block, I've only had to use it once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. So I don't pit out. I don't pick my shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better. So do yourself a favor. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. As I mentioned earlier, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. It's free on all streaming services five days a week. On this Thursday edition of the show, like I mentioned, we're continuing talking with Forbes.com writer Shane Young about former cards in the NBA. Now we're talking about Terry Rozier signing a big contract extension with the Charlotte Hornets over the offseason, a four-year $97 million extension that will tie him to Charlotte through the 2025-26 season. Shane, when you saw this move, and I know it's Charlotte, <laughs> it's not a big you know, destination place, so you kind of have to you know, secure your top guys you know, in, in extensions that might not necessarily be team-friendly, uh, you know, hashtag Nick yeah. Batum. Um, but, I mean, when you saw this extension, you know, what what's the first thing coming to your mind? I mean, good or bad deal for Charlotte, you know, first reaction. 
initial reaction was good. And that and that's a lot coming from me because uh, I'm not sure where you stood on this. But, you know, you, you do host Lock on Louisville. So, I mean, you know, Terry Rozier is close to your heart as, as well as other Louisville fans out there. But in Boston, I didn't really like the guy. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, I, I thought that he was over his head. Like it just I just didn't seem like he and, fit. I, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. But like when I watched Boston, and I watched their cohesiveness. I think it's just because they had so many different types of players, and yeah. you know Terry Rozier, what they needed him to be, he wasn't. They needed him to be a point guard, and I think that mm-hmm. that you know coming into the league is what a lot of people had envisioned him to be, and we're seeing that you know he is a shooting guard that can pass the ball is what yeah. he is. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a scoring guy. And, um, you know, I think for Charlotte, you know, it, it's, it's good that he can play either the one or two, but it's even better now that you have such a great passer in Lomelo ball to feed off of to now you can focus yeah. on scoring and not have to focus on, you know, being the lead facilitator. Exactly. They have, they have a few different, uh, I, guess, I guess, options. James Rego has a few options. He can, he can throw out there. I mean, that, that at the end of the day, like, I, I think this is what the NBA is about. As long as you have, um, you know, three, you know, two or three guards. That even some teams have four guards that can really handle the ball, really shoot well. Um, you, you, you can afford an injury or two, right? And I think that's what Charlotte is going to have on their side now that they have these guys locked up. You know, Lamelo. Hopefully, he's there with this core for a while. Um, but you know, about, about Rozier's contract. I, I kind of smiled when I first saw it because I, you know, I'm like good for him, you know, like yeah, someone's like seeing guys get in their bags. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that banks on themselves because when he left Boston, it could have went downhill pretty fast. You know I mean? Like he got, the, I know he got that deal right out of Boston to go to Charlotte. Um, it's the only way not, they get Kimba Walker in that deal. And I kind of, it, it makes you yeah. think, you know, do they make the deal? And you know, hindsight's always 2020. Exactly. But does Boston make this deal if they know exactly what's coming? And obviously, I think no. But like I said, keep, go on. Yeah, yeah. I, along those same lines, like he could have gotten to Charlotte and fell flat. I mean, he could have proved that he wasn't worth this. But to kind of back it up and say, "Hey, like you're going to pay me again. <laughs> like you're, you're, I'm going to be in line for this big contract. So just get ready for it." Um, what What stands out to me, man, is you see the progression and, and the ability to the ability and confidence to just let it fly. I mean, you know, looking at his rookie year, I mean, he he was or his first two years taking like two and a half threes a game. Now he's up to 8.3. You know, he's up to levels that Steph Curry was at before Steph really took off. Like, you know, Steph was around 2014 yeah. was taking around eight threes a game. Eight Those or nine. Monte Ellis days. <laughs> now it's, you know, now Steph and Dame, I think, I think Steph Dame and there's a few other guys. I've I've argued for a couple of years. Hard as well. Yeah, I've argued for a couple of years. PG needs to take 10 threes a game. And I think, you know, Rose, Rozier is getting to that point. I mean, we might see him take 10 or 11 threes a game this year, especially if he's at a, the clip that he is now. Um, what I like about Terry's game personally is that you know, kind of what you said, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He can move off screens. I think, you know, one thing that stuck out to me, he won that game against Golden State this past year when Steph didn't play. I think Steph was hurt with that tailbone injury or something. Um, and Draymond was there, and, and Draymond blew the game for the Warriors with a, a few technical fouls in a row at the end. Um, eventually, just cost uh, Terry the Warriors went off the game. That but, game too, though. Yeah, ter- Terry went off, hit the game-winning shot. I mean, it was it was marvelous to see, and and I love that Lamelo 
and him can kind of coexist. I was hoping that LaMelo wouldn't would get there and it would, wouldn't be like this scenario where he's going to try to take over the team. He loves passing the ball just as much as anything else, as much as being flashy uh, and scoring the ball as well. So, I mean, I, I think they play off each other really well. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, you, you look at what Charlotte's doing. And, and what I told a buddy of mine who, you know, is not a, you know, Louisville fan by any means, he's a Charlotte fan. He said, you know, I don't, I don't truly love this move. And I was like, well, man, here, here's my take. You may not think, you know, Terry Rozier is a franchise centerpiece. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone does. And if they do, they're wrong. But what it is, is you have to, I, I don't want to come off as disrespectful, but Charlotte is not a, a hopping destination yeah. for, for guys in the league. Like, what's the alternative? If you don't give Terry yeah, that money, are you what getting? are you doing with it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, you, I mean, sure, you got a guy like Gordon Hayward. But, I mean, that's kind of the ceiling of the player you're going to get unless you go through the draft. And even then, you only have so much time to really, truly compete. Like I mentioned, because, I mean, I don't want to yeah. come off as disrespectful, but, I mean, Charlotte is Charlotte. And, you know, even like Houston, in a sense, Houston's not L.A. You know, Houston's not, yeah. you know, New York of the past and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, the Rockets kind of struggle with that in, in, in somewhat of a sense. But, you know, I, I'm not sure a... who does who who gets the job done better than Rozier. And you mentioned it is so pivotal that he is able to exist with ball because he, if he wasn't able to, he'd be yeah. gone by now. It's uh, interesting they, that we can kind of relate to this as well because, you know, I've been to Charlotte a couple times. Uh, it's kind of just like Louisville. Like, I mean, I think Louisville is Charlotte in a sense. Like, so could you imagine a free agent like saying that they want to play here if we had a team? Like, you know, you, you yeah, can't I mean, realistically you, yeah, you, say that. You can't do that. I mean, I know that Louisville fans would say give Terry Rozier a lifetime contract. But, <laughs> um, you know, another thing I think it's interesting is that I think, you know, he's going to be, you know, a guy that they rely upon to not only continue to develop LaMelo, but also, you know, James Booknight, the guard that they just drafted mm -hmm. in the first round. So, you know, there's no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to the NBA, especially in the NBA draft particularly. So, yeah, in theory, you'd like for Booknight to be, you know, the successor to when Terry's deal is done. You know, it, it just so happens that that's when you're going to be, you know, in needing to pay, you know, James Booknight. So, you might have that bridge guy that takes you there to allow, you know, book night to yeah. truly develop without having to truly throw him in the fire. But like you mentioned, I mean, he came to Charlotte and, you know, 2018 averaged nine points a game, doubled that in 2019 with, with the Hornets. And this past year, career high in points, assists, steals, blocks. I think he's only going to get better, even mm -hmm. if his statistical averages, you know, don't necessarily show it. You know, you, you, like you mentioned, he is a volume three point shooter now. When you have a guy like Lamelo who can, you know, stretch the floor and you know drive and penetrate and kick out for the three, I think having you know such a distinguished three point shooter there, I mean that's great and that's kind of what Charlotte needs. They have a lot of guys on that lineup. I'm not really sure how it's going to work. You know, I really like this, but I, I like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And this I is actually kind of contributes to that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I, I like the the fact that you know. You hate to say this because Devontae Graham's a good player um, and, and one of the best lights-out shooters, at least catch-and-shoot-wise, in the league. But, you know, him being in New Orleans now kind of opens the door for LaMelo and opens the oh, door for so. Terry, who's I like, 27 I, I years old. Put it this way. I'd rather have Terry than Devontae at this point. That might sound a yeah. little for, – for Charlotte, at least. But uh, it'll be interesting. I, I feel like we'll talk in the future about how – they're able to continue throughout, but I want to shift to another guy that, you know, when I mentioned that I want to talk about him, you just started laughing. You covered him 
Um, you know, when, One he year. Was, when he was with the Clippers, Montrez Harrell. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk about our friends down at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? When you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, it allows you to save time and money. So don't choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business. Prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. So that's rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I want to talk also about our friends at Bet Online. The season is about halfway over in college and getting close to that for the NFL season. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And bet online is where the game starts. So we're talking Montres Harrell with Forbes.com writer, Shane Young and Shane, you mentioned you you covered Trez for one year with the Clippers. Ends up making a, a bold move and one that wasn't really expected, going to the Lakers. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily pan out. He gets shipped in the deal that brings Russell Westbrook to the City of Angels. He's now with the Wizards. Uh, one year deal <laughs> left in his contract, so he accepted that player option. He's on a one year deal. I think it's like what nine million dollars or something. Yeah. Like the- that. The full mid-level exception, a.k.a. the same exact contract Serge Ibaka got from the Clippers. <laughs> well, he 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 comes to a Washington team that, you know, on paper, I'm like, where the hell is this guy going to fit in? And what is his <laughs> role going to be with this team? And what is this Washington Wizards team even doing at that yeah, point? I think uh, that that's kind of the, the main question. And, you know, what, what's your assessment of Montrez mm-hmm. Harrell in what would presumably be a short-lived stint in his career. Yeah, it's very fascinating the turn that Montrez, his career has taken in the last, let's call it, um, 13, 14 months. So, you know, to quickly, I guess, go through it, just just very quick, you know, they get to the bubble in July July 2020, right? And Trez is the backup for a title contending, dare I say, title favorite team in the Clippers that year. And, you know, he doesn't, I don't know what the case was. I mean, I know his grandmother died and he had to go back to, you know, his hometown to to be at the funeral. And then obviously like the, the protocols mandated that he couldn't come back and within a certain amount of days. So it really kind of screwed up the, the schedule of practices and, and, and his ability to return. He didn't return like 
he missed all the scrimmage games and all the, you know, seeding games as they call them and, and didn't return till game one of the playoffs that year. So like he was, he was kind of out of shape and you know, you don't fault him. I mean, it was a family member that passed away and you just feel bad for the situation, but feel bad for him. But you know, he came in out of shape. He tried to play into shape. They lost in embarrassing fashion in the second round, partly because doc rivers only wanted to play Trez against Jokic, and that was just a nightmare decision that should never happen again in the history of mankind. Uh, it, it, it was very bad, Dalton. And then, you know, Trez is a free agent. He thinks that the Clippers are going to give him not, you know, not the bag because he knows he kind of, you know, for the lack of a better way of putting it, fumbled the bag in the bubble. But he at least thought he was going to get some type, some type of good, good, good contract. Um, Rich Paul has. New agent ends up striking a deal with the Lakers where Trez thinks that he's going to get one of two things. And this is where the analysis should start of Trez. And I'm curious to hear your take. You know, he thought that he was either going to get a championship run. So he thought he was going to get the ring or the ability to play deep into games and, and play a lot of minutes, play in the playoffs and kind of earn his money back. Well, neither happened. So, you know, you know, I, I, where did where did you see Trez last year? Because because to me, lost. I thought he, yeah, I thought I thought <laughs> he played really well offensively. I mean, the dude shot seventy five percent at the rim, uh, career high true shooting mark. Um, got to the line a lot whenever he was in the game. It seemed like he he fit offensively, but on defense, man, as you know from watching him play, if it's not like a ferocious block at the rim, if it's not like you know. Th- this in- incredible highlight play mm-hmm. he's not in the right spots he's mi- he's missing rotations he's blaming other guys on defense it-, it looked very bad defensively yeah um you know i i you know as you know anthony davis can only cover up so much yeah and he missed a good portion of the season and, and unfortunately i think the lakers lineup when lebron and ad are not on the court it's like okay what is this you know, who mm-hmm. who are we looking toward? And unfortunately, both of those guys missed a lot of time last year. Yeah. So, you know, Trez, I think, you know, Lakers fans and, you know, we as, you know, overall basketball fans expected more from Trez, you know, coming from, you know, being he's supposed to be that big high energy glue guy that, um, you know, really stood out. And I just, you know, I don't necessarily think that he was awful, with the mm-hmm. the Lakers, but I don't think you know he looked as comfortable as he did with the Clippers. It seemed like he was trying to do what he did for the Clippers, and it didn't work for the Lakers. It wasn't what they needed. Yeah. You know, they needed it defense, did. and it. I mean, he's not a defensive guy. You know, the Clippers. Nah. You know, having two of the best perimeter defenders in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and not only you know Patrick Beverly down the line. So you know, Trez isn't being forced to guard some of the best players that he's playing, you know, but for the Lakers that, I mean, that had to be the case sometimes. And I mean, he got it, you know, he just got flat out exposed sometimes, unfortunately, but, you know, looking forward to this Washington team. I mean, this is a Mm -hmm. front court that now has Kyle Kuzma. It has Rui Hachimura, Daniel Gafford, who has been playing well, Davis Bertans, uh, Denny Abdija, Isaiah Todd, who they brought in from the G league. They have a lot of dudes. There's a lot of dudes <laughs> in this front court. And I think, you know, I think Montrez is going to see that, you know, high energy guy off the bench. But I think it's so hard to project what he's going to do and what his role is going yeah. to be because I don't know what the hell the Wizards are doing. I mean, no. they're basically daring Bradley Beal to say, look, man, just request a trade. 
Yeah. Even the all season because they're, you know, they don't have any building pieces outside of him. And I mean, he's not getting any younger. And I mean, outside yeah. of that, I mean, they got him, got Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, at the very best case, they're an eight seed, but man, I don't know what they're doing. It's very strange and awkward of a fit with this team. It, it, in all of our years covering the NBA, watching the NBA, it might be the team that you just have no idea what to project in terms of wins, in terms of, are they going to be good offensively because they have Brad Bill, because they have all these guys that are that used to playing in the Lakers system that, you know, went deep in the playoffs. I mean, I think Kuzma's going to have a, a big scoring year, but what's that going to lead to, you know, for the Wizards as, as a overall team? But for Trez, man, it's just, I, I kind of feel bad for the Wizards in this scenario because he, in a contract year, is going to be looking for, not only points and buckets, but like having the ball in his hands at the elbow, kind of almost, taking almost jump. might be counterproductive for the team <laughs> yeah. to where they like in, in another thing, you know, is he, if he plays well enough, it is his goal to be traded to a title contending team because he is on that expiring contract. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that his, his value in terms of trade circles is all that much. So it shouldn't take that much to get him, especially with him being on expiring. Yeah. So, I mean, you might just have to match, you know, it might just come about, down to I think it. for Trez. It's all about chasing the bag this year and setting yourself mm-hmm. up to get a multi-year deal in the future to where you can kind of get some of that security that you were trying to capitalize on in 2019. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Trez has had a bad 18 months, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does fairly well this year and is able to sign like a two or three year deal worth like 25 million, you know, guaranteed, you know, whatever that annual average salary comes out to, I think that's his best hope right now, because even if he balls out this year, as we know, the wizards are not going to be good at basketball. We know that. So, I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, this $40 million contract that's going to come his way. I think he's going to have to work his way back to what he was hoping to do. And, and, you know, Luckily for him, he's not at the age where it's, I mean, he's 27, about to be 28 in January. It's not like it's too, it's not in the rear view for him. He can still make it up, um, but it's going to take a different situation. The Wizards are not going to be it for him. I definitely agree. And um, I mean, but I'm very interested to see, I mean, this should be technically, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31. That usually is the prime of, you know, normal players' careers. So we'll, we'll see how he can can contribute to the Wizards. I mean, you know, maybe end up on a title contending team. But um, definitely uh, appreciate you having all, having you on, man. I love, you know, how you see the game. We talked a lot about you know, Donovan Mitchell and his run with the Utah Jazz and why you think they're going to potentially go to the finals or actually are going to the finals. Um, talked about Terry Wazir and that contract extension and why it was a good move for Charlotte. And then Montrose Harrell and his fit in Washington. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a couple quick shout outs. First, to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Uh, you can find that recent episode dropped on Monday at cardinalsportszone.com. So go check that out. And then also the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. No better way to get all of your overall conference news than that podcast. You can find that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But um, always love talking to Shane Young, Forbes.com writer, and another fellow alumni of the University of Louisville. So, Shane, before we get out of here, do us a favor. Any parting thoughts, definitely plug us into your social media, where we can find you on Twitter, where we can find your work on the Internet, all that good stuff. 
I appreciate you, Dalton, and then we'll definitely have to connect more. Oh yeah, uh, I know. I know we talk every Wednesday, but we'll have to connect <laughs> more when it comes to uh, you know our NBA checking up on NBA guys from Louisville and stuff. And uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, Young MBA. Very easy. People. Seem that's to... not the rapper. That's not NBA yeah. Young Boy. As let, people let's commonly... clear, let's clear that up real quick. Like for some reason. I will get tagged once or twice a week in something that's like, oh my God, this new mixtape is out, or that verse by NBA Youngboy was sick. It's like, I didn't know all you were it takes it, it takes one click, one click of a finger to see that I do not look like him. <laughs> you're, you're not, I mean, you're, first of all, I mean, you are, you are verified. So, I mean, I, oh, I guess sometimes that that may, you know, you, you see, you know, you, you type in Young NBA and you're, oh, it's the verified account, and you'll go ahead and click it. But, Regardless, um, you know, in terms of your your overall work, you know, is it you know, is yeah. there you know certain Forbes.com? I mean, what's the where's the best way to find your work? Yeah, so you could simply just see the link in my uh, bio that goes to my author page, but Forbes Sports Money section. So we're we're kind of branching out this year to where we're um, gonna have a writer for every team. So it's gonna be fascinating to see how that pans out last year we had a, a few teams that weren't covered but i'll still mainly be doing be doing clipper stuff i'm going to try to make it to salt lake city to kind of you know touch in on the jazz every once in a while i want to go there in november but yeah check out my stuff on forbes i got this big 60 page clippers preview if you're into that sort of thing coming out and soon. It, is, it is definitely impressive i saw a sneak peek on uh, on wednesday evening so uh definitely be sure to check out all of shane's work does great work i love his basketball analysis but that's gonna wrap up this thursday edition of the show everyone have a great day and we'll see you right back here tomorrow